With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pour one more beer for me. Exile needs quality. So savagely. Best beer in all the land. Brewed with a loving hand. From bottle, keg, or can. Exile Brewing. E-X-I-L-E. For me. E-X-I-L-E. Let's drink. Pick up a 12-pack today. Enjoy your HN Podcast brought to you by Exile Brewing Company as well as Heartland Flagpoles and Flags following Iowa's 45-16 to victory over Illinois on Saturday. I got a lot of, um, you know, tweets at me in the first half. You know, Iowa sucks. This is, you know, this team's no good. Blah, 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 blah. Looks like we're going to 6-6 and team. I mean, I, I predicted them to be 6-6 six and six before the year began, so I'm not surprised by an up-and-down Iowa performance. But one of the, I mean, I tweeted out a couple of times, wait till the game's over, you know, wait till the game's over. And the season's only six games over. It's halfway over. Yeah, there are some aspects that they have to improve upon. We'll talk about several of those here today, but... You know, they won 45-16. to 16. Uh, The defense didn't have a great day. I think in the first half, Illinois approached 300 yards of total offense. I think they had 198 or 199 the week before against Nebraska at home. They were the worst offense in the Big Ten. So, yeah, those were some concerns. Uh, Iowa's got a bye week to address those concerns. I'm not really worried about Iowa's defense. Sometimes things like this happen. Um, I'm just I'm not all that wor- worried about. The game still comes down to scoring points. Iowa held Illinois to 16. Uh, they held Penn State's offense to basically 20. You know, there was a safety. There would have been a PAT. Uh, they held Michigan State's offense last week to 17. So the game still decided by points. And you can give up yards. Some of those yards were concerning. There were some tackling issues. But on the whole, 45-16. to 16. I'm not going to be too irritated by that. I was 4-2 going into the bye. And boy, does this team need a, bye, need a bye week. Let's start out offensively. Tristan Worfs made his first ever career start. He started at right tackle. I believe it's the first Iowa true freshman to start at a tackle position in the Kirk Ferentz era. There have been other true freshmen offensive linemen who have started, like Mike Jones in 2003, Brian Balaga in 07, James Daniels made a couple of starts uh, a couple of years ago. There may have been one other that I'm forgetting, but Tristan Wirfs, A, joins a very select crew of true freshman linemen making a start for Iowa, but he is all on his own at a tackle position, and I thought he did a good job. I'm looking forward to watching this game again and breaking it down. The first half, every Iowa snap I began with my eyes on Tristan Wirfs, and he is a really good pass blocker for a true freshman. Just very good feet. 
Um, yeah, you know, one time a defensive end made an inside move and got in and pressure on Stanley. But I, I saw the guy try to make that move a few more times, and I saw Wirfs react to it. Wirfs more than held up, more than held up his own. And I think Iowa has probably found its answer at right tackle. Well, at least till you know, if Boone Myers can get back to being fully healthy, maybe you can see Boone Myers at right tackle. Um, I don't know if you would see that or not. Maybe he would be a good solution at one of the guards opposite Sean Welsh, who Sean Welsh had a very good day today playing back inside. At his guard position, which is what he is, um, that, that's just his position. The guard position is his position. So... That was very encouraging for Tristan Wirfs to step up at a position where Iowa really needed somebody to step up. Iowa with 191 rushing yards on the day. Um, trying to look here for yards per carry. Let me go over to that statistic. Rushing yards, 191. Iowa averaged five yards per carry. So that's uh, that's very good. Definitely what you want to see, a move back in the right direction. Iowa had been around 3.6, 3.7 on the season up to this point in time. And, yeah, Illinois is not great. I, I think they're, them and, they and Rutgers are the two worst teams in the Big Ten, and I don't even think that it's close. But, you know, you want to go out and put up 441 yards of offense and be able to run the ball on the ground. Illinois, they averaged 6.7 yards per rush. That's a concern. Illinois ran quite a bit of zone read with Jeff George Jr., which I was surprised to see them do that with him. The other quarterback, Crouch, is much more of a running quarterback, but Illinois did that, and it caused Iowa some problems, certainly on the interior uh, of the line. That does concern me a little bit for what they'll face against Northwestern with Clayton Thorson and Justin Jackson. Not that Thorson's a great running quarterback, but that zone read game is definitely in their playbook. I was going to see a lot more of that uh, after the buy in a couple of weeks over in Evanston. Nate Stanley, he was thir- he was 17 of 32, 247 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. His interception was easily the worst decision and thrown ball that he's made this year. Tried to hit Noah Fant in like quadruple coverage. Certainly one that he's going to want to have back. But, you know, then he settled down. He made some great throws through a strike to Matt Vandenberg on a post play where Vandenberg scored. Uh, that was a 39-yard play. He hit Noah Fant across the middle on a drag for 41. He hit TJ Hawkinson across the middle a couple of times. Nate Stanley is very good in the pocket hitting a moving target across the middle. He's very good at that, and I'm actually glad to see Iowa going back and exploiting the middle of the field again, which they didn't do all that often under Greg Davis. I don't think Nate Stanley's all that great throwing on the run. I can't recall too many times this year when he's completed a pass throwing on the run, um, but he is statuesque. He, he is your prototypical pro-style offense pocket passer. Uh, you know, there was a deep ball that he missed to Amir Smith-Marset early in the game. He was under pressure, got hit as he threw it. The ball was two yards overthrown, but he got air under that one. So that, I think that that's going to come. I'm not saying it's going to come and be a huge part of Iowa's offense this year, but I think as he grows and gets older, it's definitely going to come. It's exciting to see Iowa playing so many uh, young receivers with talent. Um, Amir Smith-Marset. Uh, they played Max Cooper in this game, although he didn't get any catches. Um, I think Iowa had three receiving options out there on the field, uh, true, for, true freshman receiving options out there on the field late in the game with uh, Brandon Smith also out there. Nick Easley led Iowa with seven receptions on 12 targets, 59 yards. He had a score. Fant with three catches on five targets. Vandenberg, two catches on three targets. Hawkinson, two of two with a long of 24. 
Again, now Stanley is up to 15 touchdown passes on the season to just two interceptions. That's I don't know if that's number one in the Big Ten as far as 15 touchdown passes, but I'm guessing that it is. Uh, and if it's not, it's very close, but I think that it probably is. Akram Wadley, 23 rushes, 115 yards. He had a touchdown receiving and a touchdown rushing. That rushing touchdown that he had late in the game that really kind of put it out of reach. Um, Iowa had a like a, a bunch formation on the left side of the line. Nick Easley was lined up wide. He came back in motion to create the bunch just off the left side of the line. So a really tight bunch formation. Looked like a power run to the left was being set up. But Iowa's offensive lineman and everybody blocked to the right. So Illinois' linebackers, Illinois' defensive linemen all went with the flow, as everybody has been doing against Iowa this year, as you saw against Penn State, as you saw against Michigan State, which is why we've been, you know, calling for a lot of, you know, some reverses or some counter type plays. Well, Iowa ran a counter. They ran widely back to the left away from the blocking. So a kind of a misdirection style play. It right when he made the handoff, I'm like, oh that he's gone because everybody bit on the down motion flow and widely leaked out the backside. Just an excellent play design. You know, I saw a lot of people griping again early on in this game about Brian Ferentz and his play calling. I'm looking forward to watching it again. I don't think it was that bad of a game call. I thought it was actually pretty good. The black and gold unites us all, but then what? Kevin the Flag Guy from Heartland Flags here. If you're listening to this podcast, you bleed black and gold. But what comes after the Hawks? For me, it's the Cincinnati Reds and Cincinnati Bengals. Nope, can't explain it. What about you? Packers and Wizards? Pelicans and Sharks? NASCAR and the Jags? Bulls, Bucks, and Chargers? Whatever flag you want, we've got it. Jump online to heartlandflags.com and shop our huge inventory of sports teams' flags. You won't find a better selection or better prices anywhere. Guaranteed. And to top it off, free shipping on all purchases at heartlandflags.com. Oh, and that Iowa flag you've been flying since the Hawks last went to the Orange Bowl? Time to step up and freshen up with a new design. Check out our Hawkeye selection when you're shopping for your other favorite team flags at heartlandflags.com, where you'll never pay for shipping. I know that some of you are going to listen to this and you know, you're going to remember the some of the ugly in the game. And yeah, there was some ugly in the game. I mean, frankly, Iowa scored 45. They probably could have had at least two more touchdowns early on in that game. You know, Illinois fumbled on the first play. Iowa picked it up. Iowa was moving. And Ivory Kelly Martin fumbled after picking up first down yardage and gave it right back to him. Um, then there, Iowa got an onside kick and didn't do anything with it. So, I mean, the opportunities were there to really assert your dominance in this one. Iowa didn't until late. The final score probably is about what it should have been when you t- when you consider some of the um, you know giveaways that Iowa had early on. Did Illinois have some turnovers? Yes, Illinois had a turnover when they were in the red zone as well. Uh, Monty Hooker had a nice interception there. Iowa also had a pick six from Brandon Snyder, and Brandon Snyder definitely worth noting in this game. Brandon Snyder making the start, only out five or so months, five and a half months from an ACL tear in April camp, and there he was starting today. And he made his presence known. Did he play a flawless game? No, but he had a good game. He had two pass breakups. He had the 89-yard pick six, uh, three tackles. That was great. Amani Hooker did not start the game at um, strong safety. Miles Taylor did, and on one very long run by Illinois in the first half, he was immediately replaced by Imani Hooker as he just took a horrible angle. And that might be the last you see of Miles Taylor, barring injury. 
um, because Hooker just is a, a more athletic player. Six tackles on this game and, and the interception I mentioned. I think with Snyder and Hooker, Iowa's secondary just got a lot better, a lot better. So that's a good thing. Not a lot of pass rush from Iowa today. That was a little disappointing considering I think Illinois starts three or four true freshmen offensive linemen. Check me on that. If I'm wrong, I'm not taking that one to the mat. Um, but I think Iowa had just one sack on the day and two hurries on the day in addition to sacks. So that's it's not enough pressure. You know, they didn't make Jeff George Jr. feel all that uncomfortable. Tyler Wiegers threw a touchdown pass late in the game to Ivory Kelly Martin. Both teams with 21st downs. Iowa just 7 of 15. Well, I shouldn't say just. Iowa 7 of 15 on third. Illinois 8 of 16 looking to the third down average down in distance that I'd like to see. You know, Iowa was third and nearly nine against Iowa State. They were third and 8.6, I think, against Penn State, third and nine plus last week. This week, Iowa's average distance on third down, 4.9. Much more manageable. That's what you want to see, getting things done, staying ahead of the chains on first and second to make third down more manageable. Illinois was uh, average of 5.7 on their third down. So much better in that regard for Iowa in this game than what we've been seeing. Iowa running 72 plays to 75 for Illinois in this one. 5 of 7 for red zone for Iowa, but there was, again, missed opportunities. Time of possession, Illinois had it longer than Iowa, 31-40 to 28-20. Illinois with four turnovers and Iowa with two. So, yeah, Illinois... Probably played a little better than I thought, but in the end, they are who they thought, who we thought they were. Iowa, I I thought it was going to be something like a 28 to 7, 24 to 3 style of game, um, but Iowa wound up covering the spread. And yeah, that there's there's a lot to still work on. There's a lot to still try to clean up and shore up. But I think the offense made some steps today, and that really begins with getting the offensive line back to a situation where Sean Welsh can play right guard. I don't know if you've heard me try to explain this, and it can be a little confusing, you know, listening as opposed to reading. Sean Welsh is a first-team All-Big Ten guard. Sean Welsh, when you move him to tackle, is just an okay Big Ten tackle. Ike Butker is a better right tackle than Sean Welsh is a right tackle. So when Ike went down for the season... You move Welsh to right tackle, so you have a you know a, a negative impact at right tackle, a player playing worse at right tackle than what you had, and then Welsh leaving the right guard position, whomever fills in for him is not going to be as good a guard as a first team All Big Ten right guard. So you basically had the entire right side of your line at a negative to what you were before at two positions. That's a bad deal. And that's why I said last week on the Reaction Podcast and a couple of other times in various podcasts I was on last week, which seems to be more and more each week, I said that if they can get Worfs spun up in the bye week, and if he can play at a level that's even equal to what we saw from Sean Welsh at right tackle, that's going to be a big boost to the line because of what Welsh offers you at right guard. And I think it's also a little easier to have Worfs and an experienced guy at right tackle playing alongside Welsh because Welsh can give him some help. Welsh has seen a lot of things come at him from inside like that. So on the whole, I just thought it was an outstanding uh, step forward for the offensive line. Still things to clean up. It wasn't flawless. But outstanding in the fact that Tristan Worfs didn't pee his pants out there. He held his own. He looks very encouraging. 
you know, Alaric Jackson and Werfs at tackle is get used to it, and you're going to see it for quite some time. Uh, I don't know which one will play which, but that was that was a good deal on the day. Ryan Gersande came in to punt. Well, first the first punter to come out in the day was near the end of the first half. Iowa put Colton Rastetter in. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if that might be a fake. I didn't type it. and But then I'm like, yeah, probably not a fake because Iowa doesn't run a lot of fake punts. Well, they did. And it was a great block by the fullback number 45 there, Drake Kulik. And it was a direct snap to Imani Hooker. Iowa gets a first down, well executed. It was wide open. And then Iowa winds up scoring a touchdown there to take a 17-13 lead into halftime. So that was really big. It's really big there. Then Ryan Gersande came in to punt in the second half when Iowa needed punts. He had three punts for an average of 37.7, along of 43. So I would say you make that investment in him and you burn the shirt. And as long as he doesn't, you know, pee his pants, to use that phrase twice in the same podcast, you stick with him the rest of the year. So we'll see how that goes uh, as well. The bye week, you know, coaches, everybody says, oh, this is the perfect time for the bye week, whenever it is. So I'm sure I've said it before. I really think for this Iowa team, this is a perfect time for the bye week. Get some guys healthy. You know, Josie Jewell dinged up his shoulder in the first half, came back in. Offensive lineman get Boone Meyer. I don't know if he had to play today or not. I haven't gone and looking at the gone and taken a look yet at the participation chart. Hopefully, he was able to stay out the whole game. I think that he was, and that's needed with his high ankle sprain. Get healthy these next two weeks, and then the the back half of your schedule. Um, we know that it was going to be pretty challenging for Iowa. You start out on the road at Northwestern, who was handled pretty well today by Penn State's defense. Penn State's going to do that to a lot of teams, as we know. 31-7, to I think, what the score was. Yeah, 31-7. to Then after the Penn State game, you get Minnesota at home. Now, I feel better about Iowa's chances winning the game at Northwestern now than I did before the season. I gave it a 4-10 chance then, so it wasn't like I thought it was an insurmountable problem for Iowa but at any rate you got that chance and and you you better beat Minnesota at home worst case you're five and three going through the Minnesota game then you host Ohio State on 11 and four then you're at Wisconsin you host Purdue and then you win at Nebraska if they go two and four down the stretch they're six and six if they can go three and three, they're seven and uh, five. I think that's possible. Again, I had them at I had them at six and six before the season began, but I still think this team is probably a little better than I thought. Better better playmakers at receiver than I thought is probably where it is. So, at any rate, why don't you get out and enjoy the rest of your Saturday or weekend or whenever it is you may be listening to this? Thank you as always for listening to the HN podcast. Thanks again to Exile Brewing Company and Heartland Flagpoles and Flags for their sponsorship. That'll do it on this Saturday. Take care.